You know, today my ministry is called or titled Legacy. And that's really apt for starting off the ministry to show you an image that will come up on the screen behind me. And that's our, some of our young people and ministers away at AOG, Young Lions. Young Lions is a part of the Assemblies of God and it's a, a leadership development process where we represent one of 600 churches and our young people who are on the screens now. So Natalie, our Natalie is leading year two. Aaron is leading year three. We've got Georgia, Jordan and Jack who are all coaches this year. We've got Johnny and Sherry who are year one. Chelsea year two. Ben, Jahira and Charlotte and Erin year three. Let's give him a round of applause, even though he'll still watch it after. How dare they not be here on Vision Sunday? And actually, Rise Dance talking about not here on a Sunday. are at a massive show somewhere. May God bless them. They can watch it later. No, seriously, it is good. Because what I'm sharing today, I want to have an impact on you and those people watching on. As has just been said by Helena, over the past two Sundays we've been talking about our past. That was with Aaron, then Natalie last week at the present, and today I'm going to talk about our future. As a quote from the Back to the Future movie goes, roads where we are going, we don't need roads. There is some truth to that, isn't there? Think about it. Last week I had the privilege of speaking vision into Horwich Church, Bridge Horwich. You know, Andy and Sue Stokes are doing a fabulous job over there with their team. So again, let's give them a round of applause, get used to it. They obviously send their love. Legacy. Just over 10 years ago, Ian Watson passed me this baton, saying that he'd run his race leading the Bridge Church, and it was now being passed to me. The scripture that's etched on this baton says this, from Joshua 1, verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. That's what I desire to be in my life. To be strong and very courageous. Let me read a scripture over us. And these will be given out later. We'll, Helen will explain a bit later. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Vision is the faculty, faculty rather, of being able to see. The ability to think and plan the future. Using our imagination with courage, with passion and always with wisdom. I don't know about you but I get really inspired by human endeavour. The spirit of a person who has a can-do attitude. Do you know any? They put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. There's a brilliant film on Netflix at the moment called True Spirit. It's a compelling true story of a lady called Jessica, a young lady of 16 years of age. Her feat was this. She set off in a 34-foot yacht from Sydney Harbour. Many said about her and to her at the time you're too young you're too inexperienced 
If this doesn't fill you with hope and faith, and I don't know what will. Eight months later, you heard me right, this 16-year-old, 210 days later at sea, non-stop, travelling over 19,000 nautical miles through the equator, through the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean, Jessica returned to Sydney to 80,000 people welcoming her home. And this is what she said. I want to challenge myself and achieve something to be proud of. And yes, I wanted to inspire people. I hated being judged by my appearance and other people's expectation of what little girl is capable of. It's no longer just my dream or voyage. Every milestone out here isn't just my achievement, but an achievement for everyone who's put so much time and effort into helping me get here. Legacy. Jessica needed a vision. She needed to see the finish line. And we need the ability to see the vision God has given us. Not only before we start it, but we need to see the finish line. Vision is always moving forward. It's never idle. And most importantly, in a church context, me as leader, I've got to see it. And I've got to see it from God. If it's not with God's guidance and by his spirit, it's in my own strength and it will fail. Ultimately, God has to get all the glory. Because it is his kingdom coming and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Unless the law builds it, the house the builders labour in is in vain. Vision challenges to work in the unseen, the supernatural, going beyond the laws of nature. Vision requires faith. Can you see it? It requires courage to complete. Longevity is something that I hold dear. And as I've already said, it carries our imagination. Have you got a can-do attitude? Have you got the courage to complete what God has put before you? People come and people go. Church life is no different. But the vision continues. God has commissioned us here in Bolton, in Horwich, and in this community. Vision needs to be selfless. Requires an ass of us to have the ability to sow into physically, emotionally and financially. We've had a brilliant ministry recently, none more so than John Andrews, who talked about a surrendered heart. Watch it on YouTube if you have chance. You know, vision is something that in our lifetime we may not see fully fulfilled. And sometimes vision is something that we may not directly benefit from. It's hard to think that, isn't it? Because in our world, we like having the benefits of what we give into. What's in it for me? Vision is something that ultimately we will never see totally fulfilled in our lifetime or always directly receive benefit from. As many, many, many Christians have faithfully sold into here the Bridge Church, established as we know and are reminders by Will Hacking on the town hall steps in 1925. Did you know some of his family are still represented in our congregation and visit us now and again? Will, I'll call him Will because I didn't know him. Will had a vision, he had a dream, he saw something. But as he stood on those steps, it would have been lonely. He didn't have a building like this. 
He didn't have a congregation like this. He had nothing apart from the vision that God had given him. I don't know whether you know this, but Horwich Church was established by Reverend Beresford in 1951. And that is Sue Minnie's dad. The Minnies are part of our congregation here at Bolton. So we enjoyed legacy, celebrating 100 years in 2025 of the Bridge Church in Bolton being established. Hip, hip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but just think about the journey of our ancestors, those who've gone before us, Will Hacking, the one person standing there anointed to establish the work that we now enjoy. Many faithful steps have happened on our journey. Aaron could have shown you different places that we met as a church. Oddfellows Hall, cracking name that, we might bring it back. Crawford Street, just down the road. But you know, during all these times, there were men and women faith-filled who did things to help us in the vision that God has given us. This land was purchased by individuals and the leadership at Crawford Street before a brick was built here. I don't know whether you know this, but on our two pound coins, it says this. Vision is formed, forged when we stand on the shoulder of giants. You know, giants is the widow's might, mentality and attitude. Those gone before us have passed the baton on to us all. And they say, come on, they roll us on to continue. A vision statement is just not a nice vision statement that we came up with, a catchy line. It's God-given and it's our commission for our community. A light on the hill, transforming our communities one person at a time. Vision requires faith in action. Now, faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. I like how the King James Bible verses it. It says this, now faith is a substance of things hoped for for the evidence of things not seen. I love the fact that substance is a thing. It's tangible, it exists, it's a solid presence. You know, living through vision isn't easy. It will always, but always have its naysayers, its detractors, who just don't see it. Our Bridge Coffee Shop is a great example of that. I got a clear picture of that vision from God. A church without walls, our community would be welcomed in seven days a week to honor God we'd do it well and our paid staff right from the onset you try getting that past our board of directors actually unanimously they passed it but now that place that you may walk past you might not even venture in is a thriving hub of God's grace a safe place individuals and families gathering there on a daily basis I call it a cathedral that God inhabits the one in our community being listened to and helped or just perhaps having a brew. I wish I could take you in there at times. If you ever get a chance, come in on a Thursday. It's an awesome experience. It really, really is. I know my Anna will be sharing or interviewing someone who for many, many years lives in our local, locality here but never ventured out. Anna helped her through CAP. And then slowly but surely, she started coming to the coffee shop. And then slowly but surely, she started going into different areas of what's going on in that community there. And I'll let her tell the story in the future. But this is the truth. She was behind closed doors on her own in solitary confinement. And God said, you matter to me. 
I'm going to open a door for you to walk into. You know, if I listen to people, we wouldn't start anything. We'd be meeting on a windy hill with one man and his dog. I need a steadfast, a steadfast commission when God, given it, God gives it me to act when prompted, to listen to his and only his still small voice. Do you know what? Let me tell you the story about the coffee shop. There's a clock on the wall. Again, go in and buy a coffee, perhaps a bagel. But the church, say, sorry, the clock says this, a church without walls. It's cut into the clock that looks over the coffee shop. That was commissioned by a lady called Carol Brandon. Some will know her, some won't. For many, many years, prayed in this auditorium with Sue Stokes that people be drawn from our community into this place. Carol never, ever saw the coffee shop built. She didn't sit in it and see people arriving. And sadly, Carol passed away from brain cancer leading up to its completion. But this story doesn't finish there. A couple of weeks ago only, I spot a lady through my office window and she's helping with baby basics, doing the baskets and helping those to be sent out on that particular day. Her name was Jolene, or is Jolene, and she's the granddaughter of Carol. Vision and prayer leave legacy. While penning this, I thought my daughter, Lauren, said I was going to mention you, didn't I? And son-in-law, Steve. They've joined with additional family members and they've bought a plot of land. That sounds really good, doesn't it? They're going to build three homes on it. One dwelling has no gable end, it has no roof and there's a tree growing through it. I kid you not. The others need totally gutting and starting from scratch from the inside out. Overgrown through decades of neglect, situated in a forest of trees that need cutting down. So you get the picture. But do you see the finished homes? I do. I can see it finished. I can hear the children playing outside. I can see the families and the barbecues that they're having because I've been invited. And I can see me and, Ian, me and Anna sorry, sat at the Christmas table having a very, very big meal. <laughs> exactly. Listen, this is the truth. Because I journey with families as they're going through that. If these families don't see it, don't imagine it in their minds, they'll have one tough journey. Every obstacle will seem like an immovable force. It seems just too hard to move forward, impossible to alter. Every hurdle will have an element of deferred heart and deferred hope. When, this, when will this be over? When can we move in? I applaud them. I roar them on. I will encourage them as long as I've got breath in my body to keep focused each day at a time. That vision is alive. It may not look like it, but it is. You need to see it, you need to believe it, and you need to live it. So vision has many obstacles to overcome, but God is an overcomer. Either we sing the songs and believe it, or we don't. God is a miracle worker, a provider for all that we need. Do you know when you think about the promised land and whether you know the story or not, the, the wandering in, in the barrenness of the desert for 40 years, 
Do you know every single Israelite over 20 years of age when leaving Egypt was now dead, except for three people, Moses, Joshua and Caleb. Vision is uncomfortable, lonely and requires stamina. My office has no carpeting for the last three years. No, it's, it's colder than that. Oh, I know. There's damp in the air. Our bridge staff and volunteers over there surrounded by an ongoing building site as our life centre takes shape. Although we talk about the purpose-built children, youth and family centre, sometimes when you sat in it day and day, it doesn't feel or look like that. We are going to start using it more. I know we had a prayer meeting in there recently. We're going to have worship nights in there. But every brick, every screw, every nail, every wire, and there's miles and miles of wires, vision unfolds, bringing opportunity to life and life to the full. Vision becomes an attrition of focus or belief of faith. Do you know what? Raw materials have gone up massively in the last few years. Anyone know that? Have you had any building work done at home? That has tens of thousands to the overall build. Yet yeah, our God is able. You know, I don't know whether you've come today and you're considering what you're going to give to the vision offering. Or you might say, I've done my bit. I don't agree with that mentality at all. The next phase is going to cost 200,000. But I'm always bowled over when we step out in faith how God meets us. And we need to pause at times and recognise God's goodness Aaron mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we got an additional £25,000 in from a grant towards the 200. Well, Wednesday of this week, we got another 20000 in. So that's £45,000 additional. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes we ask for God's help and God says, what are you going to do about it? God honours us when we step out. Our servant heart is required. Have you got one? We are born to thrive and to leave legacy. Every one of us here, believe it or not, has been born. Every one of us have come out of our mother screaming into this world. Some screaming more than others. But God meticulously weaving our bodies together in a way that shows great attention to detail. Perfectly with love and compassion. We've heard that so many times that God knows us before those first screens ever came into, into life. God breathed into us literally and said, go and live. We are encouraged by God and in God to live, to thrive, not just exist, not to scrabble around for the dust, for the scraps. God's desire is that we leave a story behind us, a legacy for others to walk into, to flourish, helped and supported. And as our young people grow older, our prayer is that they'll acknowledge God as their Lord and Saviour. And then they'll start to lead and to set an example for themselves. So God talks about you in glowing terms to say that you're the apple of his eye. All of us here have a start day, a time, a place, a year. In a moment we were born, our future not yet written, our stories not yet told. It's fair to say that some have had a greater opportunity in life than others. Some have had a greater opportunity to flourish than others. But today is a new day. 
God has given it to us. And he said to us, go and live this day. We need to get hold of it, church, once more. And for everyone online, we will face stuff. But we've got to have a renewed mind to accomplish what God has set before us. Church should be an expression of God working through us and that all things are possible in him. If we profess to be a Christian in here today, our thoughts and actions should be one of determination to wholly serve the Lord. Some of us get into the habit of saying, I don't get anything from church. I would challenge that narrative and say, we're, we're here to serve God and others, to encourage each other and to roar each other on. Just a thought, but it's also a truth. I love what the Apostle Paul speaks to it, to the church in Corinth from the message, Corinthians 4.2. Since God has so generously let us on, since God has so generously let us in on what God is doing, we're not about to throw our hands up in the air, walk off the job just because we run to occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't manoeuvre and manipulate behind the scenes. We don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say it in the open. The whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. My birthday was and is the 14th of March 1965. Born in Bolton at 11am in a place called Havercroft Maternity Home. Look at them trunks. My mum in those days gave me a basin haircut, but my brother, she gave him a better haircut. What was that about? You know, I have a responsibility. That young boy there with red hair has a responsibility, my own responsibility to live my own life, to leave a legacy, to influence those who look towards me, to pass on this baton onto other people while I'm still moving and while I'm still breathing. A light on the hill transforming our communities one person at a time. How do I adequately convey the one person? How do I turn our hearts once more to the one person? How do I say to you, make room for the one person? How do I say to you, have a compassion that overwhelms you? Don't get distracted by the crowd for the one. It's a great question. And you probably know the answer, but I'll remind you. Not by might, not by power. But by, by my spirit, says the Lord. Helen had prayed with me just before the meeting and said those words to me. I know I need at certain times in my day today, God to breathe in me afresh. I said words to the effect of, Lord, give me patience. Give me wisdom. Continue to give me the desire to turn people focus onto you and allow you to spill, fill people with your spirit. You know, we sometimes look at things we do in the church with a bit of a, or oh, why do we do that? Or oh, that doesn't, that's not a, a godly activity. I think of Bridge FC. You think, well, what's that about? It's just a bunch of guys kicking a bag of wind about. But let me tell you about this fantastic opportunity that God gives us through football. And it's not about winning on, on a Saturday afternoon per se. Andy Morley, the manager of Bridge FC, got in touch with me a couple of weeks ago and he says, all right, Gaffer, that's what he calls me, just had this message from one of the ref, one of the referees we have on a Saturday. Hey, guys, can you please pray for Reuben? Suspected sepsis and bronchitis, struggling to breathe and on oxygen. Reuben is a baby and in hospital. It so happens on that particular morning, we're meeting for the men's prayer. So I send an image to Andy 
on that morning so we can show the ref. Andy, late that day, got the team around the centre circle before the match and prayed. Ref was well thankful. The one person at a time, we do not know what's going on in people's lives. But I tell you what, when we're open, God has a way, a miracle working way. One person at a time. You know, as humans, we like monuments, we like buildings of architecture, we like quick fixes and instant gratification. We have a tendency to elevate people on pedestals, focusing on momentary success. That creates awe and wonder for those observing. We are drawn to human endeavours of courage and conquest. And whilst these actions, like I shared earlier about Jessica, can break great encouragement that all things are possible and inspire us to higher heights and challenges in our mission, they will eventually all fade away and decay. Replaced perhaps by a shopping mall or putting cellophane in a museum, preserved for future reference. A paperback book we read on holiday. The memories of those who pioneered fade away unless we dedicate it and do it for God. We do it in vain. Jesus is our role model and our leader of vision and purpose. We steely focus on a mindset of ultimate destiny, courageous in action, a determination to fulfill his father's plan for the whole of mankind. He lived a magnificent life humbly walking to his crucifixion. During his life on earth, he showed us what matters. He was the blueprint to follow. He confounded critics and astounded teachers of the law. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He reached out his hand and touched a man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Jesus had compassion and touched them. He touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes. Jesus modelled the one person at a time. Jesus has a beautiful way of stopping us in our tracks. Focusing solely on us and speaking directly into our hearts. I don't know whether you've seen the series on TV called The Chosen. It's a fantastic series you can watch on YouTube. But there's a really, really powerful moment that's depicted in series one. Jesus turns to Mary of Magdalene, a lady battered and bruised, injured and in agony, suffering from demon possession. A lady who had lost her dignity and was shunned by society. As Mary walks away, picture it, she's walking away from a tavern, feeling all those things I just said. Jesus calls her name, Mary. She turns around, not knowing who it is. Jesus speaks directly into her heart, Mary. Mary of Magdalene. In that moment, she sees Jesus, her wretchedness and her vulnerability exposed. She's overcome with a compassion and love she's never experienced before. Jesus then speaks these words to her soul. Fear not, for I redeem you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You could replace your name for Mary. Fear not, for I redeem you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Coming into this world, you had no choice in the matter. The whom, 
and the why and the where. My and our desire is that every person would flourish in this place. They'd have an opportunity to thrive. See, legacy has a long-lasting impact. I'm going to show you on the screens a simple video, a flip book. It depicts a young boy holding onto a balloon, carefree, enjoying the simplicity of life. The boy starts to grow older and the balloon is released. His attitude to carefree life and success changes and he runs after the world's success. We see that as money flows into his arms, as he eagerly puts his arms out for more, the final images show him as an older person carrying the money, the wealth of his labour. And the final, final image of him standing on a cliff edge with a simple sign, the end, depicting a life, the end of his life here on earth. I just want you to consider for a moment what you're running after. What will your legacy look like? We don't know when our end will come, do we? And we may have lived lives that we're not particularly thankful for in the sense of what we've achieved. But when I said today's a new day, we can make a difference today. Do you know, vision, you might even go away from today and say, well, what was that all about? It's the hardest vision that you'll ever hear because it's not about you, it's about someone else. We need to continue to work in the supernatural. God has laid it before us. We build buildings not for the sake of the monument that people look at, but to house what God is asking us to do. Jordan preached recently on a surrendered heart. Lord, take the remaining years of my life and use them for your glory. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Vision leaves legacy. And I saw an image recently, it's behind me. I got permission from parents to show it. These six young men are our bridge young men, having a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever they're doing. Cheeky chappies. The girls are having their own bruise behind. But just look at that for a moment. Legacy has long-lasting impact. That was you one day. Who's got alongside you and encouraged you to say, yes, you can do it. Yes, you will do it. I believe in you. That long-lasting impact affects generations to come. It allows our younger people and those not yet with us an opportunity to thrive and find their air, their full potential in God. I'm absolutely determined to roll them on, give them space and room to thrive and develop, to worship God and see God work supernaturally in and through them by his spirit. At a recent prayer evening, and I encourage you, if you don't come to prayer evenings, I'll probably say, why not? It's not about numbers, it's about us getting before God and saying, God, would you speak to us? Mutually encouraging each other and standing with each other. On that particular prayer evening a few weeks ago, we asked them to fill a little post-it note in and say, will you just put on there one or two words that you're asking God for? And I'm not going to build any confidence, but I'm going to say some of the words that were put on there. It echoed their needs in life. One said shelter. One said healing. One said change. That's us in this room today. 
And the one that stopped me in my tracks was food. We live in difficult and different times, do we not? Their request was for food. Our family and our community, our vision is to truly be a light on the hill, transforming our communities one person at a time. Finally, I'd like to leave us with a prophetic word that Brian Carr shared a couple of weeks ago. Just close your eyes as you listen to this. It will be on the screens and you can visually see it, but just listen to the words. This is for all of us. Through God's word he's given to mankind, we see that people failed God and did many things which God kind of um, not overlooked. But one thing that grieved God's heart was when people didn't have faith in him and his word. God's cry to his people is to believe what he says and he'll do what he will do. Many men have failed him. Many men of God have failed him in so many drastic ways. But God has... God says, believe what I say. Have faith to know that he cares about you as an individual, as a person. This world is putting people into groups and say your importance is part of a group, as part of a party, a name. But God is saying, I look upon you as an individual, as a person. And he, he is asking you to have faith this morning. He's asking you to have faith, to believe that you are important to him. There's many who can't grasp the fact that God knows you as an individual, that as a person, that he sees you in the deep, dark days when you're on your own in that room, when you've had nobody else to turn to, but all you can do is cry out to him. And he says to you that he hears your voice, that he hears your heart, and he hears that whisper, that when you cannot voice it. But God is saying to you that he has the heart of a mother, the heart of a mother that looks after his daughter, after her daughter when preparing many gifts, many days ahead of her wedding, preparing and saying, my child will love this. I will buy this for them. I will bring prepare this for them for that day that's coming because the heart is to be bless the child God's heart is to bless you my child he wants to give you so much but he wants you to have the faith to believe that he is going to wanting to give it to you that he loves you with an everlasting love and he's saying to you, draw near to me. The world is cramming noise and, and will push out silence to have those quiet times. But he's saying to you, come into that room on your own and just sit in silence to hear my voice for your life, to get direction for your life. If you cry out and you seek me with all your heart and on soul and mind, he says, if you will say to your, I will seek you, then you will find me. 
But sometimes you have to push out the noise and the sound of this world and say, I will listen to what my Father says to me and to have the faith that He cares for you as an individual, as a person, that you're just not part of a group or to get your value from being part of a membership of something or other. But He's saying your value is in you, that He's created in you and He knew you and He formed you before your mother, you were in your mother's womb. Have the faith, my child, to know that he, I love you more than anything in this world, that you are a treasure to me, that you are a treasure in an earthen vessel, and that as you give yourself to listen to my direction for your life, that you shall be a light on a hill, that you shall bring the light of God into situations that seemed impossible. For men, it is impossible. With God, God all things are possible. That you should have the faith in this generation and in these days when darkness is all around and is coming in, that the light shall brine, shine brighter than ever. It shall shine brighter than ever if the faith of my children as the faith of my people would say, our God has said and he shall do. His word stands forever. That all is coming that's shaken and changed, but God's word never changes. It will stand forever. Even though the rocks will come down, even if the world is shaken, even if the heaven and the stars have fall down, the word of God shall stand forever. God looks on us as individuals saying you are so important. In fact, I give my everything for you. You are the apple of his eye. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. It's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen.